Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Daily. Andrew, I really like the kids open. That was a great idea by you. It, it makes, I think people, it'll make people hate us like 20% less. So guys, this week. Or 30% more either way. It could go either <laughs> it way, really. It could be. So look, this week we're blowing it out with content. It's all free, but you should subscribe. Become a subscriber, $10 level. You get all the cool swag, the crew to taste some cup, all of it. And we wanted to get you ready for the draft and with LSU going 15-0 and and maybe potentially having seven guys in the first round and it falls right, I had to have my guy, uh, Billy, I'll butcher your last name, Gamilla? Just Gamilla. Just Gamilla. straight fanatics. But Billy Gamilla. is, he was writer, managing editor, I believe, for End the Valley Shook. He doesn't do as much of there anymore, but he did the game breakdowns for LSU that were fantastic. I've been reading them for years, and just Billy, I have to say, it was the highlight of my week some weeks, just what, reading your game, recaps and film breakdown from LSU just destroying teams and making defenses not have a will to live. Um, but we wanted to have Billy on because he knows these LSU players inside and out, and we think he can give you a perspective that other mock drafts and other people aren't. Um, so thanks for coming on with us, Billy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, this year was a lot of fun and, you know, it's going to be a really interesting draft for a lot of reasons. It, it just could, it could be just a giant disaster because <laughs> apparently nobody in the NFL knows how to video conference. And I, from the Saints perspective, like I, I honestly, I just talked about this on Twitter. Like you could talk me into almost any pick that they make. Like there's so many, they, they don't have that like glaring, like, well, they have to take this need 
And there's so many, you know, good players that would fit for him. I think what for LSU and for other teams. I'm going to start here with a guy that people really like. He's LSU. He's been slotted to the Saints, and that's Patrick Queen. Billy, he makes me nervous for reasons Andrew will get in for in a second, but he makes me nervous just in a sense of I don't remember him being good for LSU for a long period of time, and I it scares me to take a one-year wonder. And we just saw the Saints, the, the replay of the 2017 draft. They did it with Lattimore. He had only started 16 games for Ohio State, and he was hurt, and that worked out. So my fear isn't always justified, but that's what I think when I think of Patrick Queen. Is my fear, is it legitimate, or is he going to be fine in the NFL, He's gonna, and he's going to be a rock-solid player? Well, I wouldn't so much worry about the one-year thing, because, I mean, the reason why the guy only started for one year was because of some guy named Devin White. <laughs> so that's kind of, that was what kept him on yeah, the that back. guy was pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, Queen this year, I, honestly, I was a little surprised to hear how high he projected not that I didn't think he was good, but like you said, it, it had been one year. He he had a you know I thought a very good year for a guy who kind of moved around to some different spots. You know they played him outside a little bit with with Michael Divinity's uh, s- suspension issues, and the, you know his speed really jumped off the page. He had a couple of games where you watch I'm watching it's like God he's he's just everywhere. And then you look and he had like, you know, a nice game, like eight or nine tackles. And you think, oh, that's a pretty game. But it's like, man, the way he was just everywhere, you would have thought he had like, you know, 10, 15 tackles. Um, and the big thing was he really, really came through down the stretch and, and you know, had, had a big game against Oklahoma. And then he followed it up with a big game against Clemson. He had a big game against Alabama. You know, he came up big for LSU in, in big moments you know, more than their other typical, more than their other, you know, I guess, stand-up linebackers. Yeah, well, I, I Billy, I, I would say this about Queen. This would be my kind of summary of him. And uh, you always do a good job of calling me out on Twitter when you think I'm crazy. So just tell me if you think I'm crazy. My thing with Queen is that I think right now, as it stands today, He's not a great fit for the Saints because, in general, and this is why they passed on Deion Jones, they don't love linebackers of this size. The, the prototypical Saints linebacker, when you think of Craig Robertson, Demario Davis, Anzalone, um, you know, just kind of all the guys they have, A.J. Klein, heavy hands, thick guys. They can run sideline to sideline, but they'll sacrifice a little speed. They've got to have the thickness. And so, to me, Queen in this defense – is not going to have that thickness for at least a year. He's going to have to be on an NFL regimen in the gym, and it's going to take him a year. He's going to have to gain 10, 15 pounds. So if you draft him, the only place I envision him in the Saints defense for a year is clear passing nickel situations where he's in coverage. That's it. So to me, he would be a first-round draft pick, but a minimal role where he's – mostly a, 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 a sub nickel guy. Would you agree with that? Well, I, I'm, I, I have my issues about him, him fitting with the saints. I think that's more because I think he kind of plays the same position as Demario Davis. And I see what you're saying about how, you know, the saints do typically like bigger guys. I, I, I think that's true, but I also think that 
letting something like that hold you back if you think the guy's a good player is a mistake. And I, I think you can find a way to use a guy like Queen in different ways. And, and yeah, he is going to have to put on some weight, but I do think you're seeing more and more smaller linebackers have a lot of success in the NFL. And, you know, I, I've always been a big believer that you, you fit the scheme of the players and you, you don't necessarily try to, you know, shoehorn them into to what you want. Um, I mean, I, I know a guy like Alec Anzalone is a little bigger than him, probably not dramatically. So, I mean, maybe we're talking like 10 pounds or something like that, but you know, Queens, I think he, part of the argument is he's on the come up. You know, he was a, a special teams guy right away. You know, I mean, just if you want to go back when he was, he was a recruit the same year as, you know, Jacob Phillips and Tyler Taylor, who were both big time star recruits in a year, a class where LSU was really desperate for linebackers. Queen was the least highly recruited of the three. And they all got on the field really quickly. Queen was just a special teams guy. But Queen had that kind of that progression you saw where it was like, okay, he's a special teams guy. Now he's a sub package backup guy. Okay, now he's a starter and he's doing really, really well. And um, so I, I, could he be kind of a sub package guy? Yeah, but the Saints basically use every linebacker that isn't the Mario Davis as a sub package guy. So if you think he's your best player, I, I don't let I don't let the size thing scare me off. If you like everything else about his game, you know, well, I, if you want to contrast him with Kenneth Murray, who's a little bigger, and, and Murray's got a lot of speed. But man, if you really watch him play, he's he's kind of he, he's kind of more in that. I, I hate to, to to bring up you know bad <laughs> memories, but it reminds me a lot of guys like Cedric Hodge and oh, you know the Jim no. has linebackers who tore up the combine. And then couldn't play. And well, to me, I worry that that they're going to have to kind of break him down and almost reteach him to play linebacker the way they want a linebacker to play. C- Cedric because- Hodges' tape was so good that Hazlitt stuck with three years of horrific linebacker play, hoping <laughs> that he would turn into what he saw in shorts. Man, I'm just saying with this, Andrew. I understand your your your, and you're right. The Saints. They like a they like to draft a linebacker with size and heavy hands and they have a profile. You know what though? They suck at picking linebackers. Maybe they need <laughs> to go in a different direction. Good point. I mean, I'm I'm just saying that. Like I I'm I'm I was scared when they picked Anthony. I was like, they haven't picked a linebacker. It's good since Mark Fields. And people were telling me, well, the previous drafts don't tell us about this guy. And I listed all the names and I was like, but it's the same people making the picks. Um, here's a question that, and one of the joys all year was you just breaking down the, you seem to have so, as much fun as we did watching the LSU offense as, as you did writing about it. And the question with LSU is how much of the offense was scheme and Joe Burrow being awesome, and how much of it is the wide receivers? Because as great as LSU has had receivers come out, they've had they've had Odell Beckham and you know Jarvis Landry, but they've also had Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Dwayne Bow has had pretty good moments in Kansas City, but they had Buster Davis. You know mm-hmm. they've had other guys that go high. So is is Justin Jefferson? Is he? in the elite LSU drafted receivers or is he in a question mark for you? 
Well, I mean, as far as the scheme, I mean, I'm always a big believer that players may scheme more so than, than the other way around. And um, as far as Justin Jefferson, the, the big thing with him that that's jumped off the page kind of from, from really from moment one, even in, in, in 2018 when the offense wasn't as good, but he was still clearly the best receiver they had is he's just so polished. And I think that's what's going to translate for him. To me, he reminds me a lot of Michael Thomas. He's not quite as big as Thomas, but in that they both have kind of that bulldog, like, like Michael Thomas can get in that mode where he just decides like put whoever you want on me, I'm getting open and I'm catching this ball. And Justin could be like that a lot. And you would see him, you know, on third down carrying guys, you know, obviously the big third and 17 with Texas, he gets open, he makes the catch breaks the tackle and just takes off, you know, I, I wonder how he fits with the saints. Cause I'd like to see them get a guy that's maybe more of a, a traditional speed guy. Cause to me, it's like, it's funny. Cause you say like, I say like, well, they've got Michael Thomas. So why would you want another Michael Thomas? But then I'm also like, but why wouldn't you want two Michael Thomases? You know, <laughs> it, like why, why wouldn't you want two awesome receivers? So I, I'd be I'd be thrilled with them. Don't, with them. Are, are are you saying that you would pick Rugs over Jefferson for the Saints? Please don't tell me you're saying that. Uh, n- probably not. <laughs> I, I would be static if they still got well, Rugs though, because that that kid can fly. Yeah, and the thing can. I think the thing with the Saints is, yeah, a guy like Rugs or a guy like say Denzel Mims. Do they are they going to need some work to become a complete receiver? Yeah, but guess what? Right now, Saints don't need him to be a complete receiver. The Saints need him to be guys going to go go deep Explosive. and, and yeah. plays, and they can learn the rest of it. So they can have an instant impact just doing what they do well, and, and you can fix the rest of it later. Well, I'm looking at these LSU players. If you look at this board, obviously Joe Burrow is going no, number one, uh, but you've got. Christian Fulton, you've got Delpit, you've got Chase on, you've got Jefferson, Queen, uh, you've got Cushionberry, you've got Edward Solaire. I mean, I've got eight guys that are kind of, depending on where you slot Edward Solaire, I mean, anywhere from the top 50 to the top 65, they've got, they've got eight guys in there. So I'm curious, is this as talented of a draft class as we've almost ever seen from LSU players? It's up there, especially you got a lot of top, you know, top end guys. I'm not sure you'll have as many lower picks as maybe we've seen from some past LSU teams where they'd have, you know, just maybe one or two of those top 50 top hundred guys, but then they'd have another five or six guys that are, that are, you know, fourth round picks or lower. You may not see quite as much depth with that group. Although, I mean, I, the, this whole COVID thing and, and everything that's happening, I think you may just see part of me wonders if it's going to be a better draft because teams are not going to overthink it as much and because they haven't had all the, the different interview opportunities. So it's, they're just going to be go or they're going to be going more off of the college tape than usual. And, and, you know, that's probably what they should be going off of anyway. Um, but yeah, because it's all it's all it's all premium NFL positions too. Because you've got you've got the quarterback, you've got the 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 wide receiver, you've got the cornerback, you've got the pass rusher, you've got the stud safety, you've got a linebacker, you you've got a lot of guys at positions that tend to go really high and, and tend to kind of get overvalued a little bit in the draft. You know, it's not like your top guys are a bunch of interior linemen. 
I feel like Christian Fulton has been sort of the forgotten guy in all of this. You know, you talk about Burrow, you talk about Jefferson because they're great and they're, you know, if the offense was amazing. Um, you know, you talk about pass rushers, you talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but Christian Fulton's sort of been the forgotten guy. And I felt during the year there were stretches where he wasn't necessarily maybe as good as Stingley was because Stingley's just, he's, when he comes out, he's going to be like a top three pick. He's just, freaking amazing but I felt I looked at Fulton I'm like he's really freaking good like he can be a number one corner now he didn't always show it necessarily but is he a guy and I want both of you to answer that profiles to the Saints at corner potentially I think he could I mean to me the big thing with Fulton is he doesn't get he, – he's not, you know, the guy who's going to go out there and just pick off a bunch of passes and post up receivers, but he just doesn't get beat very often. Um, you know, the one time I can remember him getting really burned this year was against Texas on a play where, you know, he 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 tur- he was in phase with the receiver. He turns, he goes for the ball. He, he mistimes his jump, ball goes over his head, guy's behind him and gets a touchdown. That's going to happen. Like, that's kind of just you, you take the good, you take the bad with a cornerback like that. Um, he doesn't, I think, have, you know, he's not a Jeffrey Okuda who, you know, that guy's got every tool that you want. And he's also like 6'1", 210, you know. Uh, he's, you know, he's a little smaller, but he's got, I think, the right mentality. He kind of reminds me a lot of Trey White, who was a back end of the, of the first round pick and has become an all pro. And, and, and had kind of that same uh, profile at LSU where he wasn't the big flashy playmaker like a Patrick Peterson or a Tyron Matthew or a Mo Claiborne who would, you know, pick off a bunch of passes and take them back. He just never got beat. You just go through long games where you just didn't see his name called, and that's kind of how Fulton went. There were games where strange, like it was weird at times, like Georgia this year, where I think they went after Stingley like eight times and never threw Fulton's way. And Stingley made him pay, picked off two passes in that game and brought one of them back for a touchdown. But, you know, Fulton was just real steady. And I think there's a lot of value of that, especially in the modern NFL with the way they play defenses, because it's really hard to find. you You don't see the shutdown corner. If you've got a guy that's just really good at slowing a receiver down, you know, you, you might never be all pro, but you'll play a long time. Andrew, does his size preclude the Saints from picking him? I know the Saints like their tall corners. Well, no, I mean, look, you, you look at some of the guys the Saints have drafted. Lattimore's six foot, 31 inch arms, 193. Uh, PJ Williams is six foot flat, 194. Um, so those guys are a little bit bigger, but like, Eli Apple, six foot, uh, Damian Swan, six foot, Ken Crawley was six feet tall. So, uh, you know, he's right there at six feet, uh, Christian Fulton, he's 197. Um, he runs a sub four, five forty. Um, so my answer would emphatically be absolutely. I think if you're talking pure measurements, um, he is exactly the kind of size corner, uh, the saints look for, um, you know, to me, he was kind of untapped potential at LSU. Uh, you know, he, he he didn't ever play enough, in my opinion, to – I mean, he, he played enough to show that he was a good player, but I don't know that – Christian Fulton could have been the five-star athlete that played three years at LSU and would be a top-ten pick. 
you know, if he had realized his full potential and, you know, he missed a season and then he got injured. And so we didn't really get a chance, I think, to see the full Christian Fulton. And, and I think if he can get a stretch where he's healthy and, you know, kind of avoids issues, he could blossom in the NFL like he didn't in college. I really think he's got room for massive growth, kind of like we saw. With, I mean, I mentioned Dwayne Bowe earlier, but you saw a massive jump from college to the pros. We saw with Odell Beckham a little bit, too. I think Christian Fulton could be a guy like that. And uh, I don't know how high he's going to go. That's kind of the big question with him is, you know, he's another guy that I think from a pure measurables uh, should go really early. Uh, I don't know if there's enough tape there to justify being a top 15 pick, but he's a top 15 talent. Um, and if he drops to late first round, someone's going to get really good value out of him. It is Billy is Clyde Edwards, a I, I joked in my column with channel four today. I was like, all you people that are going to scream at me about his size and his 40 times, you need to social distance from me and rewatch the Alabama game. I don't want to hear it. But the thing is history says Running backs at his size and his 40 time, the best one is like Ryan Matthews from Fresno State. Like, they just don't translate. So, I feel like my LSU homerism is really biasing me to all the data about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do you have any qualms about him being a good NFL player? Oh no, not at all. I, I don't know that. How, I'm I'm curious as to how high he goes because, yeah, he's a complimentary guy in the NFL. But I mean, at this point, 75 percent of running backs in the NFL are complimentary guys, and he can do everything you want a running back in the NFL nowadays to do. He can catch the ball, he can block. I mean, he's short. You know, we heard a lot. Well, he's so small. He's like two, 210 pounds, 215 pounds. He's not that small. He's just really short. So it, it's, you know, he's like a bowling ball out there. But, and yeah, he doesn't have a, the, the top end speed, I think. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know all the testing numbers this year compared to what I, I usually would just because of, I mean, you know, the world falling apart. But I would guess a lot of his short area athletic numbers are really good. And he's just, he, he's just hard to tackle. He, you know, low man wins and he's, when you're that short, it, it, it's really hard to get a guy like him down. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, the odds of the saints taking him is low. Um, unless they do something with, uh, with, unless they make a decision on Kamara that he's not in the future. You know, we've done we did we've done two sims where the Saints we we picked him. But do you think the Saints taking him on a scale of one to ten, ten being a certainty, zero being no chance? Where do you rank it? And do you have any any concerns with with him? <laughs> I mean, it's a funny question because it's just like not only does he have to be available, like it just has to slot perfectly. So one through 10 is a difficult metric because it's, it, it, the stars kind of have to align to pick any player. Uh, but I, I think the saints would absolutely be open to it. I mean, right now 
you've kind of got your backfield set with Kamara and Latavius Murray, but you know, there's, there's chatter uh, about Kamara and we don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, I, I think personally the saints would be crazy to trade him. And I think if, if you've got a window open where you can win, um, then you've got to play it out. And, and I, I think you can't go backwards in terms of talent. And um, if you're trying to win a super bowl, at least this year. So I would keep Kamara and if you lose him, you lose him. Hopefully you get a comp pick. Um, but uh you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, even if they keep Kamara and they don't trade him, I, I absolutely would still be open to drafting Edwards Hilaire. And I, I think he's a great fit. Um, you know, again, it, to me, and we, we keep talking about this. If the Saints are ever going to do it, this is the year. When you look at Joe Brady and the installation of the offense, I mean, the, the culture of LSU. And Ed Orgeron said this today. He said, Sean Payton loves what we're doing. He loves the culture and he's told us this. And I just think the saints are more interested because things have changed at LSU. It's not the same anymore. And I think the, the fit, you know, going, just going back to the four net years, the guys years, that offense was not never going to translate to the saints because they couldn't see it. You know, they saw a bunch of I formation runs and uh, not a lot of creativity on offense. And I think Sean Payton said, how can I draft any of these guys, offensive linemen, whatever, when, it, the offense is so simple and I'm not seeing them be multiple and do the things that I like to do. So he went elsewhere to find that stuff. And I think this is the first year he's really seeing that out of LSU and you combine it with the talent. And to me, it's a no brainer. Um, but side, side note, uh, this doesn't really have to do with the draft, but uh, Billy, I got to ask, I got to hear what you have to think about this. How, how freaked out are you about Brady leaving? Does that matter to you at all? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. One. Two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. I mean, it matters. I would have preferred to have kept him. But to, to me, the Joe they're going to miss is Burrow more than more than, <laughs> than Joe Brady, I think. And yeah. I, I'm one of the few people that actually kind of like the this, this Scott Linehan move. I've always just been a fan of his. I know... It didn't really work out well in Dallas, but the one thing I, you know, you look at his other stops, like I mean, Megatron had his best year with him. Uh, Randy Moss had some of his best years with him. It, it, that's one thing I like that how, how he fits this team is. We've had a really good receiver. He's been like, hey, let's throw the ball to the really good receiver a lot. Um, you know, not not as much with, with with Des Bryant in Dallas, but they also had had Dak Prescott and him being a rookie and also having Ezekiel Elliott. So there it was kind of more like, well, we got Zeke, so let's feature him. So I, I think that's going to be a good fit. And, and 
Brady's impact as much as anything, I think was teaching the rest of those coaches. Here's how you teach this style of offense. And then of course, you know, everything just kind of hit perfectly with the the receivers maturing at the right time, you know, Burrow really kind of coming into his own, uh, you know, it was the perfect storm of everything. So Brady losing is, I mean, Brady leaving is a concern, but I I don't think that that's going to be what stops them from. Are you a Miles Brennan believer? I think he'll be he'll be okay. I mean, I don't know if he's going to come in. It, it, it's funny how we talk about quarterback now. It's like he's Joe Burrow has forever changed how it's going to be. People so... are going to assess a quarterback at LSU mean... because think about it. Brennan can come out and throw for like thirty five touchdowns next year. And a year ago, that would have been the best year any LSU quarterbacks ever had. And <laughs> he, it will be poor Miles just Brennan. a little bit more than half of what of what uh, what Joe Burrow just did. My poor Miles Brennan. He could go out next year and throw twenty five touchdowns and have six interceptions and have just a wonderful season, and it'll be such a letdown from twenty nineteen. There's just I just don't know what to you know you're, LSU people. We just have to put 2019 aside, and it's like it's Haley's comet, and it was wonderful, and it was awesome, and it'll stand forever. It'll be, it's arguably the greatest offense in the history of college football. But you can't judge anything going forward to it because it's just it, it's unfair to the team, and it, it'll be unfair for yourself. Like that's just it, we're never we're never gonna see an LSU quarterback throw 60 fucking touchdowns again. You know? No. Oh, what, what's funny is is it's kind of the reverse situation coming in where last year, you know, when spring was over and I, and I wrote this in my preview of, of the, the quarterback situation. It's like, well, here's what we know about Burrow. He's a tough kid. He's a leader. The, the, the players clearly respond to him. You know, he's got all the intangibles that you want. We've just got to see how much better he can throw the ball. And he was amazing. With Brennan, it's kind of the opposite. Like, I know that kid can sling it. He's got a fantastic arm. We've seen him make some great throws in, in you know, in spring games and in, in mop-up time and stuff like that. What we haven't seen is just how he manages things, how he leads, you know, how does he read pressure? You know, no one's going to be yeah. Burrow as far as making decisions because that kid just – you could see it early on where he would have games where – the passing numbers are kind of ugly. And it was like, yeah, but he never put a ball up for grabs. He always checked down right. He took a sack when he had to. You know, he just – he always made good decisions. And then this year, he always made good decisions, and it just resulted in 60 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and All right, let's get shook. back to the draft. Let's get back to the draft. Well, I uh, want to ask Billy – Yeah, I go ahead, ask, go ahead. I want to ask Billy a hypothetical. The okay. Dolphins call, and they say, hey, Saints – We'll give you 39. We'll give you pick 39 and a fourth. We want Kamara. We're going to pay him because whatever quarterback we pick, we don't have to pay that quarterback for four years. We can spend on a star player to get fans excited and that sort of thing. If you're the Saints and you know we're not going to pay Kamara 14 plus million, would you rather have the 39th pick? Or one year of Camara. I'd rather have one year Camara, and in this specific instance with Drew coming back, like and just that's to me draft capital wise that ain't enough. Like if if you're not giving me a number one for Camara, you're giving me the 39th, and you you need to find 
another top 150 pick at least, if not another top 100. Like that, I'm not giving him away for less than two. You know, I, I understand you can get like a premium, premium pick, but but two high picks, especially when I got when I got another year. Because I mean, it's not like Kamara is going to hold out. You know that's not happening. It's too costly for anybody to hold out, and every running back in the world just learned a harsh lesson from uh, Melvin Gordon. Nobody's holding out. He'll play. You know whether what whether they should pay him or not. I I, I go back. You pick a day, and, and I'll give you a different answer because <laughs> I mean we all know it's like paying a running back doesn't make any sense. But when you're when you're when you've got Kamara and, and he can do so much, it, it, it definitely changes the math a little bit. One thing I'll say, I don't think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a bad fit with Kamara because they need somebody else like just to help keep some of out of Kamara's usage down just so he doesn't get worn out. You can't be giving him 20 carries and then throwing him 10 passes every game. That's the same thing as, you know, giving the guy 30, 35 carries. You've got to find somebody else that you can trust to produce a little bit. And if it's not going to be uh, Latavius Murray, who I thought they could have, you know, at a couple of different times could have leaned on a little more than they did, they got to find somebody else that can take some of Kamara's load. Plus, that's going to help maximize Kamara's production. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right. So I'm dropping haymakers here. Two questions. Is Justin Jefferson available at 24? Do you think there's any chance he falls to 24? And number two, do the Saints leave this draft with an LSU player, yes or no? Well, the two, unfortunately, until they actually pick an LSU player, I, I'm not going to believe it. I know they picked <laughs> Will Clapp. Like, that doesn't but, count. You know, six that barely counts, yeah. Yeah, that barely counts. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it was anything to do with less miles and as much as I think they, sometimes they just overthink themselves. You know, it's the same. We always joke. They've got to take a, a kid from some small school every year, but they take a kid from some small school every year. <laughs> you know, we, we don't make that part of it up. I think just sometimes they get too, too high. I mean, for lack of a better term, high on their own supply. Like they just believe their own, like, Oh, we, we know how to find these guys. We're not going to look in the obvious place. Uh, and you know, Queen fits. I think could fit them this year if they want him to. Uh, I mean, I like I've said before that you could talk me into a lot of different players at the twenty fourth pick. Does Justin Jefferson fall? I don't think so, but I think it's possible. I, I don't think anyone has a full idea of what teams are really thinking right now because we don't know who they visited with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the normal draft process where you're seeing where guys are going and what teams are looking at who and who went to this guy's pro day because we didn't have any of that stuff. So, you know, would it surprise me if, you know, someone values Henry Ruggs a little more or Denzel Mims a little more because they've got that extra little bit of speed. This maybe somebody like um, the guy from Jalen Rager from TCU a little more. I don't know. You know, to me, I think all those guys are going to be good players. So I wouldn't have a problem with, you know, drafting either one of them. I, I think with what Justin Jefferson did this year on the field and the fact that he did work out really, really well, because I'd kind of wondered if we would see him do that or not. You know, I, I don't see how you don't have him as the number two guy behind Jerry Judy, but, you know, it's the NFL and they make stupid picks all the time. So he may very well fall to the Saints. And if he does, 
they should totally jump on him. They should, they should take, they should take, I'm, I'm I am always, and you know, Ralph, you and I have gone <laughs> yeah. back and forth about this a bunch of times. I am a hundred percent take the best player that fit, you know, balanced with what you need. Well, you know, yep. that's, well, Billy is 100% right, and we, we don't really argue about it. I just I nod my head with him. His theory is the Saints have been really good at evaluating players since they've gotten Jeff Ireland, but they don't run their draft right in that they just are like, we want that player, we're going to get that player. They don't accumulate picks, they burn future assets, and it works out for them, but it's super high risk, and there's no margin for fucking error. Like, they just... And it works out. They're just a drunk at a craps table. Like, it's been working out for them. But it's very high risk, and they don't have any margin really for error. But, Billy, this is my LSU draft hot take. And you feel free to just nuke it if you want. Steven Sullivan is going to be a better pro tight end than Thaddeus Moss. And I, that is my that is my draft hot take for LSU. Nah, I mean, look, Steven Sullivan – Great kid, and I'll say this, and I've joked about this, he could be a whole lot better this year than we would have known, and there just weren't – it's only one football, so there just weren't <laughs> any balls for him to catch with everybody else doing as well as they did. He's just not real consistent. Um, we never got to see him really – you know, they move him to tight end, but they move him to tight end to, to put him in the slot. So we don't really know what kind of blocker he is at that level – it's a big body. Thad Moss, I tell you what, he he was a, a revelation this year. I, I kind of wondered if he would ever play. I can tell you that w- there was a time when members of LSU staff thought that kid had a problem. And it was because it was, you know, if you, if you know the story, it was he broke his foot and, and it was this tiny, tiny bone that they just couldn't find on x-rays until fine. And he just kept telling them, I can't play. I can't play. Something's wrong with my foot. Like he knew something was wrong and they couldn't find it. The LSU play coaches were flat out like, okay, this kid just doesn't want to play. And eventually they did find, okay, wait, no, there actually really is this <laughs> tiny little bitty crack in his foot that we couldn't see. Uh, it's like Delvin bro all over again. Right. <laughs> and this year, man, he was so good. The only thing with him is a little short for NFL tight end. Um, and you know, but his numbers were, his testing numbers were, were pretty good. They weren't great, but they weren't, you know, one, like he, he went out there and ran a five flat and I'll say it, you know, for a guy who had the reputation of being a hundred percent of a, a, a pass catching tight end, man, he's a really good blocker. You know, they were able to just kill people this year in just staying with the same personnel every, every down, you know, with the three receivers and, and Moss and, and, and Edwards Hilaire, because they could do everything they wanted with it. They could run power up with, with it. You know, they could let, let, let Moss be a, an inline blocker. A lot of times he was, they would motion him in the backfield and make him kind of like a, a lead blocker. You know, I, I don't know that he's going to be a number one tight end in the NFL. You know, he reminds me a lot from the Saints perspective, David Thomas, Ooh, who is David more of that good. motion tight end, kind of a fullback tight end hybrid guy. Good player for the Saints. Yeah, you know, and it was never the starter, but always was real reliable. Um, I want to say when he did start, I remember, I think in the Super Bowl year, Shockey missed some games, and, you know, Thomas did well when they had to, to play him at, at the starting position. That's who, who Thad Moss really reminds me of, and I could see him having that kind of, you know, six, seven-year career where he's never really a backup, but he's always a pretty good number two tight end and, and, and just keeps getting work doing that. The thing that impressed me about him, and I'd say the same thing about Queen, as the stakes 
he just it's felt like he was getting better every single week. And so as the stakes got higher and the games increased in importance, it felt like Moss, Queen, I mean, certainly Joe Burrow, but a lot of these guys were raising their level each and every week and kind of building off that foundation. And when you're a pro team looking for a player, seeing that progression and that improvement week to week tells you that, hey, not only is this guy in the film room studying, uh, but he's he's thinking about things and, and mentally the game is slowing down for him. So, because it's not like the opponents were getting any easier, by the way. So uh, I really think that that bodes well for those guys going into the draft, the one, putting that the, kind of thing on film. The one thing I will say about Patrick Queen, first of all, that is Moss. If the saints draft him, they create a celebrity super fan in Randy Moss. That would be fun. But Patrick Queen, he might've made one of my favorite plays for LSU the whole year. That interception right at the end of the first half against Bama where they intercepted, they scored to go up 33-13. to 13. It felt like LSU was going to boat race Bama, and it just gave me so much joy. It ended up not being a boat race. It ended up being really close. But at that moment, that whole stadium was like, what the fuck is happening to us and it was Bama people just losing their minds it was great it's one of my favorite plays for the year but Billy before we get you out of here what you're one of my favorite follows draft night because you watch a ton of SEC football a lot of us watch a lot of it but you watch I, I feel like you watch everything and you have incredibly strong draft takes about SEC players sometimes you're right sometimes you're wrong that's all of us but give me a couple of really strong SEC players that you teams are going to take that player and you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing taking that player there? Is there a couple of SEC players that you just don't like that teams love that you're going to la- you're going to laugh at them draft night for making mistakes that you think? Well, I mean, right away, I can tell you the, the two defensive backs for Alabama that everybody thinks are going really high, uh, Xavier McKinney and Trevon Diggs. I just don't get it. I mean, I understand Jamar Chase abused a lot of corners, but if Trevon <laughs> Diggs is a first-round pick, Jamar Chase is going to be an All-Pro. Like, I, I, I just don't see it. Like, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't stay with him. He couldn't tackle him when he did stay with him, <laughs> and him and McKinney especially. Neither one of them could tackle Edward Solaire to save their lives, and I just don't see. I, I certainly don't see it with McKinney when. They're, they're talking about Grant Delpit falling out of the first round. Like, that's a kid, and, and we've uh, – a couple of the SB Nation guys, and I've joked about this. Grant Delpit's the guy who's like, oh, he's in the second round, and then Seattle takes him, and it's like, oh, yeah, of course, duh, stupid. And now Seattle's got their next, you know, Cam Chancellor for the next five or uh, six years. Uh, um, that's totally happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- that just seems like a mortal lock. Um, other guys, uh, I can't, I'm I'm brain farting on the name, the cornerback from Florida. I keep wanting to say CJ Gardner Johnson. It's not him. CJ Henderson. CJ Henderson. That's it. Um, I don't see it with him. He, he's definitely, uh, to me, it kind of like what you said about queen where he's going to need a lot of work. He's a great athlete. He's going to kind of have to learn how to play cornerback because he played in the system that is like. Yeah, no, man to man all the time. You're always pressing. And there was a there's actually a great article I read. Uh, I can't remember who did it, but it was the guy sat down with uh, 
Antonio Cromartie, and they broke down like the top five or six cornerback prospects. And they're watching watching this C.J. Henderson, and they're like, I don't think this guy knows knows what coverage the team is doing. He's just like, I got this guy. And I have a feel, you know, and, and you know, sometimes those guys transition to the NFL really well. If you go to a, a coordinator that's like, cool, you're really good at man-to-man coverage, guess what? You're only doing man-to-man coverage. There, but that's not a lot, that's not Dennis Allen for sure. He wants you to be able to do different things at cornerback. I, you know, I don't see why he's kind of shooting up some of the draft boards. Um, no, let me think. Jake Fromm, no business being an NFL quarterback. Sorry. <laughs> I was Seems hoping like you would say that. Ah, um, see, Seth Galina said he thinks he's hurt. He thinks he got hurt. And before South Carolina, he was good. And after South Carolina, he's horrible. Maybe something was wrong physically with him. So that made me hate Jake Fromm like 30% less. But you, you are building back up my Jake Fromm hatred. Or not hatred. Just, yeah, I don't I, want the same thing. I've just never seen it with the guy. He's kind of a – when you're a check down Charlie in college, I, I don't see you getting out of that in the NFL. It's kind of like what I said about you know Justin Herbert, where it's like Justin Herbert struggles to anticipate. Yeah, that ain't going to get better against the NFL defense. Yeah, the, the, That's not something I think you can come back from. Um, you know what Jake yeah. Fromm reminds he, – he's like Chase Daniel. As long as he's never seen the field – you kind of overpay him to be your backup. Looks good with his helmet off on the sideline. Looks very studious next to Sean Payton and Drew Brees or the quarterback of the future. As long as he's the backup and he's just kind of hanging out and he never sees the field <laughs> and eventually a team overpays him to compete for a starting job and he leaves. Like, I'm great with Jay Fromm, Jake Fromm being a saint. Dude, but... Chase Daniel's a legend at the bank. That dude's made over $40 million yes. in his career. But I yep. like from from anything beyond that. It, I, so I guess like here's my thing with Jake Fromm. Like if you take him in the third or fourth round, any guy you're taking at at that stage of the draft is, well, I mean you could argue that C.J. Gardner Johnson was pretty impactful actually. But the Saints have a need for their third quarterback. It wouldn't kill me if Fromm was that guy, especially if it meant that the Saints weren't going to draft Jordan Love in the first round. I know you hate Jordan. Yeah, oh Love. yeah, no. Um, count me out on Jordan Love. The kid's a bit in the first round. Now, you know, you, you want to take him way later, okay, sure. Cuz you know, the kid's got a hose, but you know he doesn't know where it's spraying. Um I I just don't see it with I and I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. I, if I'm looking at this like, yeah, no, that kid's got big and strong arm and all that kind of stuff, but he's just not accurate. There's no way NFL teams are like Except for the Giants, will be like, "Oh, you weren't very accurate in college, huh? Well, we can fix that. We can, we can fix your, we can fix your accuracy problem." And, and Justin Herbert, yeah, you throw screens all the time. Um, but Billy, guy, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm going to miss you uh, not writing as much at the at the. And you're not writing at all, right? For any for in the Valley Shook anymore. You're. I am I am officially retired. Uh, you know, I'm gonna find something else. Uh, I, I don't know what yet. You know, maybe a book, maybe something different. You know, maybe a podcast. I don't know. But it it, it, it was the right time to step away. It was. You stepped away. They're 15 and 0. You're never gonna top it. Writing about that. Nope. So, 
guys. Thanks for Billy for joining us. Uh, we got more draft coverage. We got. We're gonna get you all the way till the Saints picking and even after us. That's why we're the number one Saints podcast. Support us. Get your swag. We love you guys. We will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>